everyone and welcome back to the Football Tribute Podcast. My name is Thomas Durning and today I'm joined by Pierce and Tommy McLaughlin. Hello guys. Hello, how are you doing? Good afternoon. Uh, on today's podcast, we'll be reacting to last weekend's English and Scottish Premier League results. Uh, we'll also react to uh, the English and Scottish teams playing in Europe last weekend. Uh, and at the end of the podcast... Pierce will be giving a rundown of the latest Asian football news. So we'll start off with the English Premier League results from last weekend. So on Friday, the 15th of December, the results finished Nottingham Forest 0, Tottenham Hotspur 2. Then on Saturday, the 16th of December, it was Chelsea 2, Sheffield United 0, Man City 2, Crystal Palace 2, Newcastle United 3, Fulham 0, Burnley 0, Everton 2, and then on Sunday, the 17th of December, the results were Arsenal 2, Brighton 0, Brentford 1, Aston Villa 2, West Ham United 3, Wolves 0, and Liverpool 0, Man United 0. So just before we go into the results, <coughs> the latest news is that Nottingham Forest have sacked uh, Steve Cooper uh, after and his, last, his last match was the Friday night match against Tottenham, which they got defeated 2-0. Uh, so, what do you guys think about that? Do you think it's fair? Do you think it's not? What do you think? Well, I think, I think it's fair. I think it's probably fair, but I think the fact is that the trajectory he brought on Nottingham Forest is kind of be undone because he got him up to the Premier League for the first time in a long time. Um, but I think they are leaking far too many goals, and I think since the exclusion of Joe Worrell and Scott McKenna, they have been kind of a lot less solid at the back and they've been a, a lot more leaky at the back we're just they're shooting goals left right and centre um, and they've been an entertaining side to watch you've got a lot of good attacking talent but I think at the back they were, they were uh, a bit a bit suspect and um, I think Nuno uh, Santos is a new coach so I think he might do think well think he'll do a good job might do well um, wasn't that successful in his time in uh, Saudi Arabia but he was good good for a quite a long time in the uh, Wolves, and he started pretty decent uh, his uh, time in uh, Tottenham. So it remains to be seen, but I think it's a good appointment. Uh, he's a solid Premier League manager. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Tommy? Well, as soon as I was just going to back up what Pierre said, as soon as you drop the the man in the legend, Scott McKenna, you're you're going to you're, you're going to get sacked eventually. You know what I mean? Like you can't you can't drop like the pivotal centre back, the rock, the six foot four machine. Scott McKenna, he's got everything. He's got aerial threat. He's got ball control. He's got skill. He's got the long range passing. Why would you even drop? He's a leader on the pitch as well, man. He can bang one in for forty yards, and you drop him for something like. To be fair, I think dropping him was harsh. By the way, like I think I, I actually thought it was harsh. I think he's been actually not too bad for Nottingham Forest. <clears throat> um, so... He's the reason he got to the Premier League. He's the yeah, only exactly. reason. He was. You were one of the big reasons he did really well for them. Uh, I think it was pretty harsh to be honest, because um, you know, I know they've not won many games. I think it's one win thirteen, I think I've got or something in the Premier League. Mm. But like the fans love him there. Like he's so well like well liked there at Nottingham Forest man. Like the fans were gutted that he got they eventually got the set. And they're not happy with the fact that they've got um Nuno Spirito Santo. So um I don't know how this is gonna go. You know, I think it could either backfire badly. Or it could go really well. I think it's one of the appointments where you just don't know. Um, but yeah, so that's that. So Steve Cooper sat from Nottingham Forest. Um, Tom, can I just briefly before we move on? Can I just ask? 
quite similar to when Leeds sat Mar- Marcelo Bielsa. Like the fans loved him. Yeah, exactly. Since then, it just went on a downward spiral. So it could potentially end up in that situation. Now, now look where Leeds United are in the Championship. So yeah, it's it's you just don't know. Um. So uh, just the rest of the results, guys. So do you have a game that stands out to you? Yeah, for me, it's the the Man City Crystal Palace two two. Um, Man City cruising. Uh, chances. Left, right, and centre yet again, but they're, they're just at this moment in time, they're not showing that killer instinct to finish teams off. And they allowed Crystal Palace back into the game. Um, and obviously, they, they had two shots on target the whole game, Crystal Palace, and they get two goals and they punished Man City. And Man City don't seem to be at their free flowing best, and they don't look as imperious as they were last season when they went on to win an historic treble. And I do think teams are starting to figure out a way of how to play against Pep Guardiola's Man City side. When you're missing yeah. Rodri and De Bruyne, massive players for them, but at the back, they were so solid last season. And you thought the addition of Guardiola would have made that even more secure, but they look, they look suspect at the back. And I don't think Ederson covers himself in glory sometimes when he saves. The ball at his feet is brilliant, but he's not, he's not really an Allison. He he wins you points for Liverpool, um. So I think that's the massive result of the weekend. Uh, Roy Hodgson um getting a, a historic draw at the the Etihad. Yeah, I don't know about you, Tommy, but the one game that will definitely not be the standout was the uh, Man United Liverpool game because that was just that was terrible. I mean, that was <clears throat> for such a historic game, and yeah, just oh, it was such a bad game. Yeah, so that's definitely not my standout. Um. But my standout's probably uh, the Everton result. Just just the fact that I just it's just unbelievable uh what the, the job Sean Dyche is doing there. It just really is. Uh, you know, after a ten point deduction, they just keep winning. I think that's five wins in a row now. I could be wrong. But I mean it's 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 a brilliant record uh that they're going on at the moment. And you know, I think they'll be more than safe this season. And if they win their appeal to get their ten points back, then they're going to become. They, they could even finish top ten. So it's it's a brilliant job he's doing. Um, and then obviously uh, the Bournemouth Fulton game, which got abandoned because of what happened to uh, Tom Lockyer. Um, you know, pretty pretty mental stuff that was because I think that's the second time that's happened to him in the space of what six months. So there's something going on there, like. You know, there's something different. Doesn't seem to be right there. Um, you know, I think he had to get. I think he went into a cardiac arrest as well. So pretty, pretty mental. Um, so yeah. Uh, but my standout is the Everton result against Burnley, which ended two 0 What about yourself, Tommy? I'd have to agree. Pure uh, the Man City and Chris Palace. I feel as if uh, since I've lost a. Uh, the best player in the team uh, to injury, uh, De Bruyne. Uh, Haaland is being dog, dog shit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, it feels as if they've lacked uh, the leadership and the material to control the the elegance that they usually have. Because what people don't understand, the reason that Haaland got so many goals in last season and this season so far is because De Bruyne has been like cultivating chances, creating chances that are nothing. Like obviously you need a striker to put the ball in the back of the net. But when 
you're not getting the chance to create it to put the ball in the back of the net, you're not going to score much goals. Because see if you look, see if the Bruyne is on the team, how many goals did Man City score? I mean, yeah, it is a big miss. Um, you know, like people are people cling on to the fact that when the Bruyne comes back, that Man City are just going to go on and win the title. No. But they're dropping. I think they've. I think it's one one six that they've got right now. You know what I mean? Like it's 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 pretty rough times at the moment for them. Um, but you know, uh, he is a big miss for them, and I, it's so true. I think that I think Harland, he misses him big time. You know, I, I think he plays hundred times better when the boys in the team. So yeah, that's that. I'd also like to add as well, like. Uh, a lot of the signings that they've actually lost uh, previously, like in the back line, like Cancelo, like see since like mm-hmm. kind of like uh, Pep Guardiola had to fall out with him. Cancelo I, yeah. when he was playing for Pep Guardiola was I'm not gonna lie, <laughs> he was up there with the best at, at on current form. He was so good, and then they had a obviously behind this close closed doors kind of argument, and he that I don't want you in my team anymore. I know. Yeah, that's a good point. It's a good point. And who did yeah. it have now? Who did it have now? You know what I, mean? I think it's well, it's Kyle Walker that plays quite a lot. And uh, Rico Lewis. Akanji plays. Aye. Yeah, and uh, Rico Lewis, he can play right back as well. Um, so I, I think you do miss him. Uh, so yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's the results in the weekend. Mm. Uh, so we'll move on to the Scottish Premier League results. Um, you know, quite, quite a lot to do kind of go through uh, from last weekend's Scottish Premier League results. So we'll start off with uh, the Saturday games, which finished Celtic 0, Hearts 2, Livingston 0, Kilmarnock 0, Ross County 0, Dundee 1, St Mirren 0, Murrowell 0, and St Johnston 1, Hibernian 0. Uh, so in terms of the results, guys, um, I won't be surprised if I think we know we all know which one's a standout. Let's be honest, I think we all know which one's a standout. It's just going right into it. So it's obviously Celtic nil, Hearts 2. Uh, you know, that's Celtic's second loss in the space of a week. So that's two two losses in a row in the league now. Um, what do you think about that? Yeah. I think it's pretty... Um... Pretty surprising, but also quite shocking at the same time. Um, I don't think you need <clears throat> Celtic to lose two games on the bounce in the in the league. Um, considering edged, uh, sandwiched in between that, they had a memorable first Champions League win in the group stage for ten years, um, ten thirteen years I think it was. But um, so I think you can you can get that level of performance in Europe against a top quality side in final, but. Against Kamarnock, they played the first forty-five minutes okay, and then second after were just um abysmal. Um, allowed Kamarnock to come on to them, and in the game at the weekend against Hearts at home, you'd expect a reaction. Um, I think Hearts throw deserved their win. Defended resolutely and scored a goal, a set piece, which was no one was leaving Lauren Shankland unmarked is is criminal because that man will punish you, and then. Cheap free kick to give away, and then Kingsley just pings one in the bottom right hand corner. Um, and then I think all afternoon, and I don't think Celtic would just have to go and score. I think you could have played two, three days, and I don't think they scored. They've they're lacking a potency in attack, and I think it's quite evident when you're relying on players like Mikey Johnson, James Forrest, 
um, to, to try to be your creative outlets in the wings. Um, they're missing a lot of key players big time. I think Maeda came back, but he's obviously just came back from injury, so he'll be well off match sharpness. But I think Celtic need to, Celtic need to get results quickly because there's a title race well and truly on in Scottish football. Yeah. Um, what's your thoughts, Tommy? Well, on Celtic, I would have to say um, when I was watching the game, uh, Joe Hart is uh, for a lot of Celtic fans is uh, he has to retire. That's what I'm hearing because a lot of them are saying that he doesn't come out, he doesn't make himself big, he just stands and waits for the ball. And uh, Nat Phillips as well. Apparently, he had a really bad game. Shocking, apparently, and uh, because he came in from Liverpool, they're thinking, "Oh my God, like we need somebody." This Celtic already brought in two centre backs in the, the, the that that transfer window, and then they also brought in one person on loan because of injuries. And he, Nat Phillips, is from Liverpool, expecting him to just like kind of slide into the start lineup. You know what I mean? And he's just been shocking. And I don't even yeah. know why Celtic Celtic uh, want to get rid of Lagabielka. As well, because Lagabe has been class with Celtic, I would say. Like looking at his current form, like they they've actually not lost a game when he's played. Nice right. mm-hmm. one. Um and, you know, it, it just seems to be a bit of a I think it's on the verge of a crisis at Celtic at the moment. Uh, you know, just not playing well at all. Uh, ever since Brendan Rogers has come back, to be fair, I don't think Celtic have really played well in any game. This season, yeah. uh, you know, uh, there just seems to be a lot of problems at the moment in terms of it's obvious that Brendan Rogers wasn't happy with this summer's with last summer's sorry uh, transfer signings because he doesn't he doesn't really play any of them. Um, you know, he's um, yeah, they just seem they just there just doesn't seem to be any sort of style of play from Celtic when you watch them. Uh, you know, they're just kind of hoping. Like someone comes up with a bit of magic or something to score a goal, um, you know, and they just seem they just seem to be a lot of issues there at the moment. Um, you know, the the players are definitely lacking in confidence as well, and yeah, I mean, Celtic had a decent uh, point gap bet- between them and Rangers, and that's going that's getting clawed back now because uh, Celtic keep dropping points, so. That was a poor one at the weekend for Celtic. It really was. Uh, I think that was Hearts' first win at Celtic Park in, I think it was 12 years as well. So, fair play to them because, you know, what what a result that is. Um, I was going to touch on, by the way, guys, I was going to touch on the... So, in the Ross County-Dundee match, so Dundee won that match 1-0. And then after the game, the Ross County manager, Derek Adams, he had quite a, a scathing rant about Scottish football. Saying that it's it's not up to standard, and his Morecambe side he left to go to Ross County for was a hundred times better than the the team he's got right now at Ross County. So what do you think about his comments? Do you think they're fair? Uh, you know, do you think he's out of line? What do you think? No, I thought I think he's well out of well out of order. Um, because he also said about Morecambe, he said they'd be very competitive in the Scottish League, Morecambe's League too. So I don't think they would be. Yeah. Um, I think you look at Aberdeen, one away to Frankfurt in Europe, and sorry, one one at Frankfurt at home in Europe. Rangers mm-hmm. beat Joe Betis in Europe. Celtic beat Feyenoord. 
So you've got teams competing in European football. You've got Hearts and Hibs, good quality sides. Um, no, I think we've got, we've got a lot of good Scottish sides, and I think it's very disrespectful to even mention your former employers who sacked you as well. So I think, and he's in like like you said, he's only been in the job a matter of weeks. Um, and you'd think you'd be a bit more wiser because he's been around the block, Derek Adams, in terms of Scotland and England. It's his third spell at Ross County as well. So I think. So out of order, shouldn't you mention your former employers and I think uh, Scottish football's a lot better than what he gives Scottish football credit for. Yeah. What do you think, Tommy? I'd agree if you a bit out of order, but there's one thing that uh, I do agree with. I feel as if like Scottish football's uh, kind of officiating, officiating in the, the whole kind of refereeing kind of background of the, the game needs to change. I'm not just talking from any team point of view. It's, there's just been so many like kind of mistakes, so many errors, like, for every game, like, the referees are either, like, really, really card-happy for no reason, or they don't give anything. Like, when it when it's a blatant, like, kind of foul or a blatant red card, they don't give anything. Like, at the end of the day, like, those, those decisions can make a game. These decisions can make a game go well or go bad. And even using VAR, they don't use it well. They, they don't even go to VAR very often. And when they do, They've already decided the decision before VAR. They're not yeah, going to change the no, yeah. Uh, no, you're right. I, definitely officiating is something that Scottish football has got to really think about. I, I, I agree with that. I definitely think there's there's a lot of problems there. But <clears throat> in terms of what Derek Adams says about the fact that Scottish football isn't, you know, it's it's not great, then I don't I don't agree with him because like you've got to remember as well. Like a lot of these teams, bar Celtic and Rangers, you know the budgets they have, are uh, you know that they're, they're non-existent in this kind of day and age. You know, like how are you supposed to compete with the top top teams in the world? What's have? Um, I just think he was pretty uh, angry just because of the fact that they got beat in the last minute as well. You know, I just think he was he was just a more um, you know, I, I don't necessarily think he believes what he said. Uh, you know, and you know, as Pierre said, you know, we had three teams this week in Europe, the Scottish teams this week in Europe that all won. Um, so uh, definitely think that he's he's gone over the top there a bit. Um, and yeah, I think he'll not necessarily believe what he said. Um, <clears throat> I was just wanting to touch on the fact. Uh, obviously. This, the three Scottish teams won. So we had Celtic Feyenoord, which finished 2-1 to Celtic. Uh, we had Real Betis versus Rangers, which finished 3-2 to Rangers, uh, which meant the Rangers topped the group and they're now qualified for the last 16 Europa League. And Aberdeen beat Frankfurt uh, 2-0. So what do you think about these results, guys? Do you think that's... What do you think? I think they were all, <laughs> they were all uh, fantastic results, to be honest. <laughs> Each in their own merit. Um, you look at the Rangers result away to Seville. Um, I don't think Rangers have ever, ever won away in Spain in Europe, and they managed to beat a side that drew with, um Real Madrid at the weekend one one, and they could easily have gone on and won that game. Um, so to to get a result like that is pretty unheard of, and it's a just a credit to the manager Paul Clement. He's instilled that belief that they can go and compete at this level, and in terms of Aberdeen Frankfurt, um. Obviously, Rangers and Celt- uh, Rangers and Aberdeen uh, Cup final at the weekend. So, 
they had maybe they thought they'd rest or rotate the squad quite heavily, but they went out the strongest side and they surprised Frankfurt, who the previous weekend beat Bayern Munich five, five by five goals to one, and that doesn't happen very often because Bayern Munich are the all conquering German champions. So for Aberdeen to do that, that's a monumental victory, and obviously. You you mentioned last week in the podcast, Tom. Uh, Barry Olsen is potentially under some pressure for his job, and I think he's kind of silenced the doubters a little bit, or because I think that is a historic victory for Aberdeen, and obviously the money that it brings into the club as well by getting a European victory is f- fantastic. It's good for the coefficient for Scotland as well. And in terms of Brendan, in terms of Brendan Rodgers getting a, a win for Celtic in the group stage, that gets the monkey off the back for Celtic, <clears> uh, and it shows that they can. Get over the line in terms of getting a home victory, um, and un- under the most dramatic circumstances as well, in a 90th minute uh, winner after suffering a, a late equaliser. So, um, all credit for the three Scottish sides, and um, long may it continue. Yeah, no, I'd agree. Uh, <clears throat> I think the three great results, and um, you know, fantastic for the coefficient. Uh, you know, and obviously the big standout one is the Rangers one. You know, Real Betis hadn't been beaten at home this season. Uh, they were unbeaten at their home stadium. They hadn't been all season in La Liga and also in Europe and Rangers went there and got the victory. You know, there just seems to be something about Rangers in the Europa League. I don't know what it is. They just always seem to pull out performances when they need to uh, and get the results that they need. And that's them top the group now in the last 16. Uh, and, you know, they've got the experience of kind of Going far in the Europa League, yeah, obviously got to the final a couple of years ago. So, uh, yeah, a great result for them. And then obviously Aberdeen, you can't you can't mention that. I mean, you've got to mention that. I mean, they beat uh, Antwerp Frankfurt, uh, beat Bayern Munich five one, and then the next game to play Aberdeen, they get beat two 0 So I mean, it's just it just shows how crazy the football is at times. Um, and then obviously Celtic, you know, obviously. As Pierce said, can I get the monkey off the bat with the fact they had won the Champions League in so long? Um, you know, and you know, they'll be pleased with that, the fact that that hasn't hung over them anymore. So yeah, three good positive results in uh, Europe this week for the last week, sorry, for the Scotch clubs. You got anything to add Tommy to that or I would uh, add that uh, it just shows you how how little people believe in the Scottish uh, Scottish football, how much the runners down. But look how yep. well these Scottish teams are playing against the top teams in Europe. It just mm-hmm. shows you that uh, people like put the English Premier League like top league, and then put the Scottish Premier League like very low. English yep. Premier League is not is not as entertaining as it used to be. I used to love watching English Premier League match of the day. I'd be tuning in, even though I'd fall asleep like very easily before it starts. I'd watch it in the morning after waking up. Uh, but uh, I used to love watching the sports scene after it. And like they get yeah. the Scottish Scottish football, I feel as if I'm not being biased, culturally biased, but watching Scottish football is more entertaining to me than watching a lot of the Premier League games because see the big teams like Chelsea versus Liverpool, Man City versus Man U, Arsenal versus Spurs, they're all boring games like nil nils and like one ones and they're supposed to be big the rivalries. See when Celtic and Rangers play, it's like do or die. Even if it's a one now, it's like kicking lumps at each other, fighting for every ball. You don't see that in the other derbies. I mean, yeah, you know, that's a that's a, <clears throat> that's a that's a point that I think you know we could go on about for quite a while. 
you know, and I think there is some truth to that as well, you know. Um, but uh, we'll move on just lastly to last Sunday's Scottish League Cup final, which finished Rangers 1, Aberdeen 0, which meant that Rangers uh, won the League Cup. They hadn't won the League Cup in a long time. And that was Philippe Clement's first trophy uh, since being appointed manager. So what do you think, guys, uh, about the match and obviously Rangers winning the Cup? Um, well, I, th- I think um, Rangers had the majority of possession. Uh, they had the better chances. Um, and also a fantastic achievement for them in terms of Philip Clement getting the first trophy of the season where he'd been in the job a matter of months. Um, and also that would give them the kind of edge in terms of pushing on in terms of the title race because it did the same thing for Andrew Poscog in his first season. But I do think they've done it on the back of a couple of controversial decisions. I thought the officiating was um, pretty abysmal at times. Um, the referee um, just let the decisions go in terms of blatant fouls. Like I remember one in the first half where it was um, Sockler was waiting on the ball and Tavernier just blatantly pushed, puts two hands on his back and pushes him over. And the referee says, get up, play on. And there was a few instances in, in, for both teams. And you, you look at players like Andrew Shinney and uh, John Lundstrom, they were kicking lumps at players left, right and centre. And I think both of them finished with a yellow card when arguably both of them could have probably seen red. So I think in terms of efficiently letting things go, and I think the two major incidents for Aberdeen, which they'll be gutted about, was uh, two, for me, blatant penalties. Um, Todd Catnall had a, a grab of um, Garterman's jersey in the box at a corner, which Golson got not that long ago against Aberdeen up with Todd in the 90th minute. Um, but didn't even get looked at by VAR and then obviously Duke where he, he turns inside the box and Bottom goes through the back of him and for me that's a stonewall penalty as well so Aberdeen will feel, feel hard done by but Rangers fantastic achievement but um, that's my thoughts on the game Yeah, what do you think Tommy? Well they could take that tainted trophy <laughs> I mean uh, don't know how much money they've been paying that referee by the way but I watched that game and I was I was thinking about putting on my Aberdeen kit and running on that field and like spearing that referee by I'm telling you. Right. Todd Cantwell should have been sent off for simulation, all right. Lundstrom should have been sent off for how many fouls he did, all right. And then this Tavernier jumps in with studs shown, play on. Right? And then whenever like uh, Duke was running by a player, grabbing his jizz pulling him down, and then there's that oh dive. If it's a dive. Give him a booking. If he's simulating, if Duke's simulating, give him a booking. Then he give him a booking. You've done it three times, said it three times, simulating. He should have been sent off. But there's no booking to do because they knew he was fouled. Anything he anything to help Rangers win something, man. I'm telling you that by I'm getting sick of it happening against my mighty Dons twi- twice <laughs> this year, by the way. Twice. As Connor Golson <clears throat> went down with a slight oh pull the jersey. Did you see Cantwell pulling like Gartman's jersey? It was like a full, full grab, like, like that, the the game against the Rangers last time when it was in the 90th minute. Golson got a little bit, and he's like, ah, ah. I was like, seriously, mate, you're at, you're you're like six foot three, and you're you're, you're built like a brick shit house, and you're going down like that. And uh, <laughs> also as well, we might have had a couple of elbows that should have been sent off for Rangers. I mean. Rangers should have been doing about to seven men or something that game, I'm telling you that. Referee that away with a rock. Graham Shinney should have been sent up. Should have been. 
it. But I felt as if she, Graham Shinney, I'm not going to lie, man of the match for me by until that solid. There's a reason he came back to Aberdeen because he he brings experience, he brings the class, the elegance in it. What what they need Aberdeen right? They need they need they need to just win the game without penalties and it. They didn't do that well enough. They were played for decisions. Like every time they got in front of the goal, they can they they've done that finish up. Ivoski couldn't get near it. Couldn't get by the. If because Rangers were compact, Rangers are very defensive, are very compact. They defend in their own half and then they can't attack. But I feel as if, uh, yeah, well done to Rangers. But uh, any team can win half they're giving a big uh, wage packet to the referee. I mean, I mean, it's not, it's not hard. Well, <clears throat> I think it's clear how he probably thinks. But, uh, <laughs> um, no, uh, you know, <clears throat> you know, I didn't think there was too, I, know, I didn't think there was much between the sides, to be honest. I thought it was quite a cagey game. Uh, you know, Aberdeen had their chances, Rangers ran their chances, and Rangers out the day took it. But Tavernier, it does seem to always kind of get the big important goals for them. Uh, and you know, the fact that that's them now won the trophy under Philippe Comont quite early in, into his reign, they've got they're, they're only five points behind Celtic and they've got two games in hand in the league. So, and they've also just uh, got through the Europa League and they're now in the last 16 Europa League. So, uh, you know, it's a great week for the Angels. Uh, what a week for them. Um, you know, uh, they're going to be more than confident after that and they're now going to be, you know, focusing on the league and by the next time Celtic and just play each other, Rangers could be top of the league. So, uh, you know, they're going to be full of confidence at the moment and, uh, you know, and as for Aberdeen, you know, they'll be gutted because they had some big chances in that game and some decisions that didn't go their way. Uh, I won't go as far as Tommy and saying how much uh, he doesn't think that they were decisions, but uh, you know they could have went for them. It uh, couldn't have went for them. We don't know. Um, but at the end of the day, you know Rangers won the trophy, and you know that's that. Uh, oh, so... as well. Uh, Rus just hang up his gloves. That was shocking. Couldn't even catch his dinner. <laughs> Okay, well, 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 we'll leave it at that, right? The fact, I think we all know how Tommy feels, right? So we'll leave it at that. And for the end of the show, uh, Kyrus will give the latest of the Asian football news. Yeah, in terms of Asian football news, um, we had Ure Diamonds um playing, uh, Manchester City in the Clover Cup semi final um last night, which uh, Manchester Manchester City won a uh, comfortable three 0 winners, so they will now play. Um on Saturday, um they'll play Fluminese, so the Brazilian uh Copper uh Libertadores champions. Um so it'll be the almighty uh Tribe winners from last season against um the couple of the Libertadores champions with um, Marcelo who could potentially um win another trophy with his but uh his uh, boyhood club. So um no it's set place um for a thrilling encounter, and um, we'll find out if um the Brazilian uh, Brazilian side will beat Manchester City or Manchester City will now become the world champions. Um, Joachim F. Maros and Kawasaki Frontali from G League One, uh, Ven F- Forit Kofu from G League Two, Boeing Steelers, 
John, uh, John Book Hyundai Motors and Olsen Hyundai for all from K League One have all advanced to the round of 16 in the AFC Champions League 23-24. Um, so great to see all sides from South Korea and Japan advance, especially aside from the G League 2, which is unheard of. Um, so fantastic achievement for all of those sides. Um, Wolves have agreed a new deal, new bumper deal for Hawangi Chan. Um, understood the contract will run until June 2028 with an option for a further season. Um, new deal will put him on the same level as, as the highest paid players at the club. Huge moves by Wolves to tie him down um, as he's been one of their best players this season and um, he's up there at the top goal scoring charts in terms of the Premier League. Um, and I think he's just gone from strength to strength. So I think it's a fantastic move to tie him down because no doubt there'll be a big club circling around um, trying to sign him up. So Shanghai Port FC have confirmed the, the um, appointment of Kevin Musket as a new manager. Um, Musket is the manager of Chinese champions uh, Shanghai Port, who are captained by ex-Chelsea star Oscar. Um, Sven Gorn Eriksson and Andrew Villas-Boas uh, previously coached the club. Um, they were formerly known as Shanghai SIPG. Musket is history with Shanghai, having twice beaten them during his tenure with Melbourne Victory. And ex-Celtic and Australian internationalist um, Aaron Moy also dispelled the club too. So is that Australian connection within the club? Um, Turo Oniki uh, became the most successful Japanese coach of all time in the G League. Um, the 2023 Emperor's Cup title for Kawasaki Frontale brought um, Toro Oniki to nine titles in seven seasons as, as a manager. Um, this achievement um, has broken the record for the number of titles held by Akiro Nishino and has placed Oniki alongside Osvaldo de Oliveira, who also has won nine titles. So, Ulsan Hyundai have unveiled a new logo and have announced that the club name will now be changed to Ulsan HDFC, which is, I'm sure it's going to upset a lot of fans, um, uh, reigning Kaylee champions back to back, and um, they've went for a new logo and um, a new name, so no doubt um, change is also quite important in terms of football, but I think a lot of fans like traditions, they like history, so it remains to be seen whether that it will um, receive good, good positive reviews. Um, so Avispa Fukuoka hosted Shakhtar Donetsk in Tokyo, um, for a charity match to raise funds for Ukraine. The match finished in a two-two draw at Tokyo's National Stadium on Monday, in front of over six hundred war-hit Ukrainians evacuees, with the proceeds directed to the country's reconstruction. The game was arranged by the majority shareholder of J-League Cup champions, uh, Fukuoka, uh, the Anpan Man Real Estate Brokerage Group, which has been supporting the evacuees, um, and it was in, in front of a crowd that was over 50,000 um, came to support and watched the match. Um, so Shakhtar captain um, had this to say after the game, I'd like to send lots of gratitude to Fukuoka, and thanks so much for our Ukrainian people. Um, and also the Vispa Fukuoka captain added, I hope this match serves as an opportunity to think about the situation in Ukraine, even by a little bit. I could tell the high level Shakhtar were playing the game at. Um, we're very grateful they came all the way to Japan, despite their challenging physical condition, having played Champions League football midweek. Um, yeah, and lastly, um, Leandro Di uh, Damal departs Kawasaki Frontale 
after his contract expired, um, but leaves having helped guide the club to the 2023 Emperor's Cup in his last match. Um, Damal departs with two G League 1 titles, two Emperor Cup wins, a G League Cup win and a 2021 G League 1 MVP award. It's been a magnificent run for the Brazilian and I'm sure he'll be remembered formally by the Kawasaki Frontale fans and all the G League 1 fans. And that's all your latest Asian football news. Thank you, Pierce. And thank you, Tolly, for coming on the podcast. Hope you have calmed down now. Uh, And thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of the Football Chuggy podcast. This podcast will be available to listen to on the Football Chuggy YouTube channel and also the Football Chuggy website. Thanks for listening and see you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.